The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Forums podcast, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to the Home Cinema Podcast for August. In this edition, we cover step three of Picture Perfect. And joining me on the podcast this evening is Mark Hodgkinson, Steve Withers and Stuart Wright. Good evening, guys. Hi, Phil. Evening, Phil. Good evening, Phil. It's step three of Picture Perfect, but before we get into the conversation of that, the material is not up at the moment while this podcast is published. It will be... Uh, the first week of September, but we're going to discuss it this evening. But before we do that, Stuart, let's go back to parts one and two. They've been up online for a while now, and we've had quite a bit of coverage in the press and so on. So how how do, have you seen things going, and have you been happy with the response? Yeah, definitely. It's been good that we've had uh, a lot of support. The Picture Perfect campaign has been covered in a few places on the internet, which is great. Um, still want to see it out there a little bit more, though, so we're looking forward to that happening with uh, with the knowledge spreading around. So we're always asking people to uh, tell their friends and family about it. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's get more and more people setting their TVs up. Um, what I like best, though, actually, is is in the actual feedback forum where people have said, you know, oh, I've, I've followed steps one and two. Uh, my TV is looking an awful lot better already. When's step three coming along? Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, Stuart, as well, there's been um, not necessarily from the AV forums uh, users, but uh, we've had stories that have been featured on the Telegraph um, online and also Mail, Daily Mail online. And the comment section... Some people kind of thought it was more along the lines of what we were doing was more along the lines of the the old 70s thing with hi-fi where you used a green pen to colour in your CDs to get better performance and so on. Kind of missing the point a little bit. Well, if there is a point, there'll be people who miss it. There'll be some people who are determined not to appreciate the importance of uh, having a correctly set up TV. It's our job, I guess, to you know point out how important it is. Um, there are... People who, there's not as queer as folk, and for all the people who appreciate what we're doing and take on board the message that we're putting across, there'll be people who will stubbornly refuse to, and that's up to them, of course, you know. We're not, we're not asking for contributions, we're not charging for this at all, it's an initiative that we're doing that we're hoping will, you know, benefit people, and we can wander around um, handing out fivers, but if some people will want to refuse to take them and complain at us for doing that, that's fine by us. As always, Mark, with a with a national campaign like this, when you're you're aiming at a wider audience, you are going to have people who are just not interested. But one thing that we found at the Gadget Show was that actually, if you took two or three minutes just to explain what it was, people started to warm towards it. Yeah, that's right, Phil. Um, it just takes a little bit of simple explanation, a bit of patience. Uh, to try and demonstrate the benefits to people, uh, which isn't easy online, as we know. Uh, and, and they do take an interest, yeah. And of course, Stuart, one of the things that we've been deliberate with is the wording um, and trying to get rid of the, the acronyms and everything else that goes with this subject. I mean, it can get technical very quickly. And one of the issues that we've had, and when I say we, myself, Mark and Steve, is that uh, we're immersed in this every day of the week, Seven days of seven days of the week talking about TVs and and calibration and all the rest of it. So, we, you, from our point of view, we tend to lose sight a little bit of just how simple it needed to be. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when you're 
uh, doing this this kind of work all the time, then it's just efficient to um, talk in tech speak. Um, but um, you know, when we're proofreading the scripts the, for the videos, um, I see my role here is is taking the position of um, the non-technical listener, um, which um, you know I think I'm particularly uh, expert expert at because um, of course I mean I've done an ISF course, but um, um, well my my um, career comes from computing, and p an element of that is. Um, writing computer software that people can use without any technical uh, background and that applies to my role in this process I think in that uh, I try and um, convert the technical element of, of the Picture Perfect campaign into something that um, people with no technical ability will understand um, and um, it's it's getting the correct compromise between being technically accurate yet being able to understand the information, which which is quite a challenging process. Actually, I, I quite enjoy it. it, it it's uh, very interesting. Hopefully, we do a good job. Steve, we're getting a little bit more complicated because we're moving on to step three now. Step one and two uh, were pretty basic in terms of all the uh, the user had to do was pick up the remote control, change a couple of settings, switch some stuff off, which most people could handle quite easily. We're now getting into an area where it's getting more complicated because we need to introduce test patterns. Yeah, Phil, this is going to get a lot more hands-on now. Up to, up to now, it's been pretty uh, pretty much a question of just selecting a couple of buttons, turning a few things off, all, all pretty straightforward and easy to follow. But now we're going to have to start using test patterns to get, get the uh, settings that we want in terms of uh, brightness, contrast, and sharpness particularly. Um, and... This is going to get a lot more uh, complicated, I'd say, and a lot more detailed. Um, and there is going to be more jargon terminology being used here. And hopefully the real challenge for us is to explain this in as simple terms as possible and get the information across. Because I think we've been doing very well up until now uh, on steps one and steps two, as, as Stuart said. It's, it's a real challenge to take what is a very complex subject uh, and, and, and distill it down to its very basic terms in order that people, anyone, can follow these steps and get from their initial starting point, which is probably sort of dynamic, mode uh, to a point where their TV is looking 90% of what it should be, um, at least. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a challenge. I think we've been very successful up until now, uh, judging by the feedback that we have seen. Obviously, the people that are always going to, always people that are going to moan. Um, either they think it's too simplistic, or it's too complicated, or it's unnecessary. But um, I think generally people have appreciated it. And certainly people that have followed the steps have commented, you know, how much better their TVs look. Um, but this is the point now where we get to the last stage, that where we, where we actually going to fine tune the image to your viewing environment. And as you say, Phil, that means we're going to have to start using test patterns. So, Mark, why are we using test patterns and not just setting up the controls that we're going to go over, um, just using normal material and setting it to our own personal preferences? Um, well, there are correct levels uh, for black and for white in video. Uh, and to get close to, to the standards we're, we're aiming at, we have to set those right before we do anything else. So obviously it's crucial it's going to be difficult to explain i guess we're moving on to the patterns next but um yeah there's a there is a correct black and there is a correct point for white which has to be set the only way to set it is by a pattern and our job is not helped by the fact that some of the terminology that the manufacturers use for some of the controls don't really describe what that control is doing yeah find out. yeah so let's start right there one of the controls that 
everybody who knows nothing about setting up TVs always gets confused with is the brightness control. So, Steve, it adjusts the brightness of the TV then? No, it does not adjust the brightness of the TV, despite what it's called. What it actually adjusts is the black level. It's a setting for, for the darker part of the image. Um, if you think about an image going from black to white, the brightness control is, is, is adjusting that part of the image. It's sort of like the very, very dark grays and, and the black part of the image. That's what it's controlling um, and not the brightness at all. Which is, so it's a very misleading name for the control. Unfortunately, the control should be called black level control. That would be a much more descriptive uh, name for it. But unfortunately, for, some, for whatever reason, it's been traditionally called the brightness control. Uh, and unfortunately, it does not actually control brightness. It controls the black level. And to correctly set this, uh, we need to use what's called a pluge pattern, uh, picture lineup generator, is that right? Um, which was invented, I think, by the BBC originally, or first used by them, um, and is designed to allow you to set your black level correctly so that you can see all the detail in shadow down to the point where video black starts. And unfortunately, we're going to explain what we mean by video black as, as, as opposed to absolute black over to you mark <laughs> thanks <Steve. laughs> okay let's do it numerically i guess uh, in, in video we have um, the levels 16 to 235 where 16 is black below that is what was called blacker than black and it's um it's information um often noisy if, if anyone's ever taken a photo uh, in bad lighting conditions without the flash with a not particularly good camera, they'll get that grainy effect in the dark areas. And um, that's part of the reason there is a threshold for video black. So we have it at 16 um, and, and white is set at 235. We could go into whiter and white in a bit, but we'll leave it there for now. Video level white is 235. So um, on a, to get our correct brightness setting, our correct black level, we will adjust a pattern where we can see just above black and just below black and we adjust the brightness control until just below black is invisible and just above black is visible. Can I just um, ask a question there? Yeah. So are we saying that, that this is a digital representation of the, uh, um, the picture from um, white, black up to white um re represented by numbers would i be because of my digital my computing background i'm guessing this is um is it zero to two five five correct yeah okay so that obviously is a certain number of bits that's all digital that's computer related so you're saying that the that um the entire brightness of a tv from absolute well black blacker than black right up to white and white all the blacks and whites and everything in between is split up into 256 colors zero to 255 yeah. and 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 black which you should not be able to see darker than is it 16 for video yeah when we're talking about video so that's your dvds your blu-rays television content okay when you, and you when, you, when you're dealing with pcs it's different so okay and you said that that um when you when you're taking a photo with a, a bad camera and you you get some noise, how does that relate to black being at sixteen? Well, if if the if if the um the content producers set that set that level at six at sixteen, they can cut all all that noise. It's like playing with a photo editing software where you where you adjust the the various controls and you can get rid of the the noise in the blacks, the, that grainy look. You can make it black look black, so you can you can. It's, it's a safe point for, for people to start. So rather than seeing like a, maybe a grainy or a blotchy uh, image at all, everything below 16 is just black. You shouldn't be able to see it. it yeah, it's blacked out. It's, it's, it's information in the signal you don't want to be seeing. Okay. 
really we should have mentioned this right at the start, but let's mention it now. Uh, Steve, where are people going to get these test patterns so they can uh, they can start setting up their TV correctly? Well, there are a number of different uh, sources they can they can choose. Uh, they could, for example, buy a, um, a calibration disc, which we should, you can get um, from online retailers like Amazon. Um, there's, there's a couple of examples. Um, a good one is Spears and Munsell. Um, they do a calibration disc that's actually very user-friendly and contains all the test patterns that you would need uh, to set up your TV correctly. There's also a, uh, a disc called D Digital Video Essentials um, that contains the same patterns it's not as user-friendly, though, I have to say, from personal experience. I, I find yeah, its navigation yeah, it's quite a, tricky. It's to navigate. Yeah, it's not the easiest just to navigate. Um, whereas S&M, um, Spears and Munsell, is, uh, <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> is, is, I have to say, one of the, one of the most user-friendly discs I've, I've ever used. I think it's really, really well designed to explain everything, um, to navigate through it. Uh, definitely a good disc worth, worth investing in if you want to do this properly. However, there are, are free alternatives. If you own any THX certified DVD or Blu-ray, that will have on it the THX optimizer, which um, contains the basic test patterns that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. So test patterns for setting brightness, for setting contrast, um, sharpness and color. So that, that's one way of doing it. So any THX certified DVD or Blu-ray that you might already own, um, like, for example, the recent Star Wars box set will have it on there. So that's a useful way. There are some actually on things like uh, Pixar discs too. also have some some test patterns setting up your uh, your display correctly as well. Uh, alternatively, there are also some um, patterns that can be downloaded for free off uh, online from the Internet. So there's quite a few different ways you can get hold of these patterns. I mean, and most of them are free. Uh, so yeah, and basically, uh, we'll give you a, a detailed advice on how to get hold of these patterns um, on, on the site itself, on, on the step three pages. I just would like to give uh, a mention to Disney. There's a Disney Wow disc, which is a very basic calibration. It's very, very, very user-friendly and simplistic, and it works quite well. So lots of different discs, so lots of different test patterns and guys, or is that the case? They may not all look the same, but they will essentially be doing the same thing. So, for example, for setting the brightness control, for setting the black level, um, the most traditional, the, sort of the one the professionals use is called a pluge pattern, uh, and it shows... Um, as Mark's already explained, it shows just slightly above a video black, video black, and below video black, and you set the brightness control until you can no longer see the difference between video black and absolute black, um, but still just see above black, which is obviously where you want to see shadow detail. Um, now, the THX optimizer, for example, has a similar concept, but it has the THX logo itself just above black, and then the, a, a shadow of that THX logo behind it which is um, is set to absolute black, and you're adjusting the brightness control so you can no longer see that shadow, but still see the THX logo, which again is the sort of slightly above um, black um, signal, which is your, your your shadow detail, your sort of dark grays. So there are there are they did may not all look exactly the same, but they do basically do exactly the same thing in, in principle. And Mark, if uh, if people don't have a Blu-ray player or a DVD player. Uh, don't have a disc collection and they just watch TV on a set-top boxes or any way that they can get material? Uh, there's the BBC test card um, that's run on BBC HD. I think it's run... There's two There's two cards that are spaced an hour apart, so you'd have to set your recorder to record it. So now you've caught me on the hop here. With some free devices, you can call up a test pattern by a certain sequence, and I can't remember for the life of me what it is. Um, 
it's it's a sequence of buttons from our channel. I'll, I'll have to look into that. But there is a way of getting it on on, on quite a lot of freeview boxes and freeview televisions. Oh, you've, you've, I can't remember what it is now. But you can tune you tune to a certain channel, enter a certain sequence, and you get a test pattern up. So it's then obviously interpreting that test pattern, uh, which we'll hopefully be able to do on the site. But um, yeah, there, there are ways of doing it. We'll we'll find that and uh, and publish on the Picture Perfect site. Yeah. Which reminds me, there's also test patterns on Sony uh, Blu-rays, isn't there? You put in a certain code, yeah. uh, which again will give you on the site. The Freeview one is a good one, Mark. Um, the BBC HD test pattern now, um, I tried to record that on my Sky HD box and it refused to record. Um, so I asked you to try it on the TiVo. Did it work on the TiVo? Yeah, it's, it's definitely recorded. I just need to find where it is. But yeah, it's, it's recorded a lot. And I'm sure the um, V Plus box would have done the same as well. That will definitely record the BBC HD um, test footage. So we've just got to find a way of getting a Sky HD box to do it. <laughs> Which is going to be a challenge. But um, like we say, we'll have all this information on the Step 3 uh, website uh, when it goes live with all the information on where to get test patterns and the easiest ones for you to get hold of. Uh, because you you really shouldn't be doing this by eye with just an image on the TV. You need to set it to, like Mark explained, set it to the correct level so you're actually seeing everything that's in the image. Um, Steve, now, something like a, a THX preset mode, um, does that set my contrast and brightness uh, automatically? Uh, no, it, it will, will certainly be better than it would be on some of the other uh, settings. But the idea behind setting the brightness and contrast in particular um, with, with some sort of test pattern is that you're fine-tuning it for your specific uh, viewing environment. So um, generally, I, I, my experience, and Mark probably back me off on this as well, is that with the brightness with the brightness control, where they default to tends to be about right. Maybe yeah, click either way, but they're usually straight, straight on the ballpark. Yeah. What's more the, likely the to be fair, Yeah, definitely. Um, but more likely to be variable is the contrast setting. And and there, there's a certain amount of leeway in terms of, you know, a lot of TVs these days, you can push it right up without it actually clipping, But which we'll explain in a minute. But um, certainly on some of the older TVs, if you went too high, you would start to clip immediately and, and lose detail in whites. Um, so they are, they are important settings, and particularly things like, for example, brightness, brightness control, because if you set it too low, your blacks might look blacker, but you're actually crushing the blacks. In other words, you're losing detail within dark shadows and dark parts of the picture. Conversely, if you have it set too high, then you'll be seeing more things than you're meant to be seeing, as Mark was saying, you know, you're not meant to see below 16, video level 16. So, so you don't want to, you don't want to see things that, you know, maybe that you're not meant to see at all in terms of details within the shadows that, you, that were never intended to be seen by the viewer. So it's an important controller set correctly, but luckily a lot of TVs these days do seem to come with a, with a brightness setting that's relatively close to uh, where it should be. And maybe only a click or two in either direction will be needed to get it spot on using a test pan. Now, you mentioned uh, the environment there, um, which was the point I was kind of driving towards. Uh, Mark, what, what's the important thing about the environment that people need to be aware of? Um, and when we're talking about the environment, what are we actually talking about? talking about light we're talking about ambient light in the room so the more light that's spilling onto your screen um the, the higher you're likely to have to have the brightness control to see that detail so um it is it, we're talking about lighting conditions in the room obviously a direct light or sunlight hitting the hitting the screen uh, will make it things even worse but um which would never recommend people locating the tvs like that but obviously it, it does happen um so you it's it's for those situations where lots of lights hit in the screen um 
you're going to need to push that brightness up a little bit higher than if you're in a in a dark viewing environment like a cinema room type environment or with the lights down now that's all fine and well but um you know we uh we all do our job during the day and into the evening and uh conditions change so how do we combat that well we're, we like to have um day and night settings if that's not complicating things too much um a, a lot of the certainly more of the top tier tvs have um cinema one and two or movie one and two or thx day and night settings uh, and so you can tailor tailor your settings for that so um yeah that, that's how you get around it you, you you either get a pluto pattern out every night or you use two different modes for your viewing now steve when i see people um setting up the tvs and and looking at things in showrooms or using test patterns and so on, they're standing a foot back from the TV looking at the screen. Um, what's our advice in terms of when you're setting the pluge pattern, how far back from the screen should you be? Well, ideally, you want to be sat where you're going to be watching the TV from because that, that's, that's you know, your view, you're basically your um, viewing position, if you like, um, which ideally should be about one and a half times the screen diameter apart away at least. Um, basically, wherever it is in the room where you're sat watching TV most of the time, would be the best position from which to actually do any 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 uh, setup. Don't be sitting like a foot from the screen because clearly you're not going to be sitting there when you're actually watching TV. So that's uh, that's the brightness control, and it's one that people always get confused with. It's for setting the, the dark area. That's the the first control that we're going to set here. The next one, Steve, is contrast. Um, now you briefly touched on it there when you were explaining that um, with modern displays uh, you could have the contrast up really high with one of these test patterns and, and not see any any issues but um, just explain quickly what contrast is and then we'll come back to that point well contrast effectively is the opposite to to the brightness control it's the it's the white level you know it's the brighter parts of the image um, in fact if anything brightness would be a more appropriate name for the control than than, than it would be for the black level um, but yeah it sets the, the, the white part of the image so what you're doing really is as Mark was talking about, sort of video going from zero, video levels going from zero to 255 and black being at 16, video black. He also mentioned briefly that uh, video white is 235, although the video levels go from zero to 255. So you've got sort of video white and then what we call peak white, um, which is 255. Now, conversely, whereas you don't want to see um, below video level 16 or below video black, there is detail on, on, on the Blu-rays, for example, above 235. So you would ideally like to see detail all the way up to 255. And, and that part of the image, that bright part of the image, really, is kind of like if you were looking at, say, a, a load of clouds, um, you know, bright white clouds. You want to be able to see that detail in the clouds, the puffy little bits of, of the cloud itself. And if the contrast is set too high, you can get what's called clipping, where you lose that detail in white. And for example, a cloud would become just a massive white without any of the fine detail of the cloud texture you would see normally. And so what you're trying to do is adjust your contrast to the point where you have a nice bright image uh, and you're seeing all the detail, but you're not getting to the point where you're losing detail because it's, it's clipping. Now, as I did mention, a lot of modern TVs don't actually get to the point of clipping anymore. It used to be more a problem with CRTs particularly. Um, but, but you still want to make sure it's set correctly. And for that, we use, well, we also use a, a Peluge pattern. It uses a test pattern, quite similar in, in, in many respects to the one you would use for, um, for, for setting the brightness control, where that shows you sort of just above black, video black, and below video black. Conversely, with, uh, with, the, with the contrast control, you have uh, a pattern showing you 255, and that will show you sort of 240, maybe 230, or 235. 
so that you can you can set it so that you're still seeing differences between those different video levels, still seeing the detail effectively, um, but getting an image, a nice bright image as well at the same time. So it's a bit of a balancing act, uh, and you and you need a, a pattern to do that, obviously, uh, and the common ones will show you those differing video levels and allowing you to adjust it. Now, with some, as I say, with some TVs, you might just crank it right up and it won't actually make any difference to the um, to the pattern at least, although it might make a difference to the rest of the picture. But um, but that, that's the basic principle. You're using this uh, um, using this test pattern to to set the contrast so that you're getting uh, all the detail without clipping any of it, or effectively losing any of the detail in the bright parts of the image. Okay, Steve, that's that's the basics. Um, now I know that some people with some types of TVs are gonna um, put the contrast all the way up uh, to where they think it looks right, and suddenly they're gonna have a white that looks pink or it looks green. Why is that? Basically, if you crank up the contrast too high, when, and, and white's composed of three, I think we talked about this in um, the previous podcast, but white's composed of, of red, green, and blue, the primary colors. Some TVs, basically, they, one of the primary colors will lose energy effectively, and one of those component primary colors won't be as, as intense as the other two. So, um, you end up getting a discoloration. If it say it's um, red that's underpowered, then you might get a pinky hue to the uh, to the uh, image, or um, if it, it could be that the green's underpowered or, or the blue, and, and resulting is discoloration in the image um, because you've got the contrast set too high for the TV's actual ability to handle that 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 level of brightness. Okay, Mark. So we've we've discussed both the both the test patterns that we're going to use for the brightness and the contrast controls. So um, we've got a test pattern sorted out. We've got the remote in the hand, so how are we going to do this? Okay, yeah, just to recap on the brightness setting, Phil. Um, what, well, there are a number of patterns as we've discussed, but uh, let's just imagine this one has um, three black bars on it. Um, we turn the brightness up until we can see all the black bars, and then we turn them, the brightness down until only one of those black bars is visible, which is the information just above black. Now, to set contrast, it's a very similar idea, except in the opposite direction. So we have a we have a pattern with three white bars of differing um, video levels <coughs> around um, around and above reference white. We move the contrast slider up uh, until all three white bars disappear, and then move it back down just to the point where the, all three reappear, so that we're seeing all the detail in the signal. And I know this is going to happen to some people. If they turn the contrast all the way up and, and the bars are still there? Um, leave it there unless it's um, any of the bars are uh, are tinged um, uh, pink, light green or light blue, at which point you just want to turn the, that contrast down until all the whites uh, are looking uniform. Will we be able to illustrate this in um, in our contrast video? We're, we're going to go through it um step by step in the video so one video per subject and in the contrast one uh, we'll be using the thx optimizer pattern which is uh, one of the better designed ones and we'll be showing the effects on different types of displays so uh, the ones that where you turn the contrast all the way up to 100 percent and you've still got the bars but it's adding a discoloration in there the pinky blue or the green um, and we'll also do one where it, it clips, so it takes the detail away, so the boxes disappear. So we'll cover both angles, and we'll explain what's actually happening there, and uh, how to back off the control until you've got it at, at the right level. And I've got to say, guys, um, 
this is certainly from from experiences as a calibre for a number of years now, and I know you guys are the same. Contrast can be one of the most difficult controls to actually set correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it gets a bit more complicated as you get into more advanced cali- calibration because it can have have effects on, uh, on, on on other areas, should we say, um, below below the white level. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it can be a problematic um, control to set, but provided you, you follow the basics uh, from the information we're going to give, then you'll, you'll certainly be a better place than where you were. So just to wrap off on brightness and contrast, we just leave it there, or do these controls affect each other? They are interrelated, as as we've said. I mean, one's doing one end of the scale and one's doing the other end of the scale. So if you affect one end of the scale, it might slightly affect the other end of the scale. So what you need to do, basically, is is to set the the brightness level, brightness control, sorry, set the brightness control uh, on the black level, effectively. Then do the contrast control, which is the, the white level, effectively. Then just double check your uh, your brightness setting. Make sure that it's still showing you just above black, but not below black, um, and and then that you'll be fine. But yeah, they, they are technically they are interconnected, and you might. I must admit, whenever I've calibrated a TV, I generally haven't seen it change. But but you just double check to make sure. So Mark, we've got our uh, brightness and our contrast set. Uh, the next control on the list is normally color. Um, so what do we do with that? Provided we've uh, we followed the steps uh, earlier steps in one and two and selected movie, cinema, or THX modes, when the color gamut should be pretty bang on um, at default uh, in those modes, so we shouldn't really need to touch it. Now, it is possible um, with certain TVs. Um, Samsung springs to mind. Um, LG. LG, that's another um, that have. Um, the ability to uh, just display one colour, so shut off the well, shut off the um, red and green channels, for instance, if we just want to display blue. Now, using um, a blue-only mode, if we're if we're not getting too ahead of ourselves, we can use a colour bar pattern um, to set the brightness of the colour of the colours, and we use blue. We're going to get too technically because this is this, the smallest part of the signal. Um, the video signal of of uh, red, green, and blue is is mostly comprised green, um, around seventy uh, percent. Um, next highest is red, around twenty seven percent. No, my math is going. To, it's not going. To, I don't want to finish it. And blue, and blue ends up uh, is around seven percent of the of the signal. So the theory is, if we get blue right, then the others fall into place. So using this color bar pattern. We try and match the white um, bar with the blue bar so they look the same. So you adjust the colour slider. So basically what you're trying to do is match the luminance of blue to the luminance of white in the hope that all the other colours fall into place. This is, I recognise this, um, Mark, So because um, we've got an LG, DT, LG TV and that has a picture wizard. And in that, when you go to the colour element, the picture goes blue Right, and then there are, there's a, there's a blue box in the middle, and a, the rest of the picture is blue, and you have to kind of to alter the color slider up and down to make it so those two blues are the same. Is that what Ex- we're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. So when the traditional way is, is to use to use the uh, to to match it to white. Right. So in the blue only mode, in the blue only the mode, the white part of the picture is actually just blue. Yeah, and it should match. They should look the same. So you're actually matching in the 
the luminances of white and blue so that they are relatively uh, of the same luminance. What's luminance? Brightness. Ah, okay. Not black level. <laughs> but not, uh, yeah, not that kind of brightness. How bright, how, how it's literally bright. It's a dimmer switch, you're turning up, uh, you dimmer switch on your on your your light fittings, so you're turning it up and you're actually increasing luminance, brightness. But what we're saying, Mark, is that, that obviously with our experience of uh, testing hundreds of, of the latest TVs over the last three or four years um, and calibrating and so on, uh, that we found that if you have it in the correct mode, which is cinema, movie, or THX, we don't have to touch the colour control. Yeah, yeah, you're best, you're best unless you 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 know you, you've really got uh, you've really got the bug. Um, so setting colour is is quite tricky, and and we do know that uh, manufacturers are getting it are getting better and better, um, and we just see improvements every year really with uh, with the colour reproduction. Now this colour control. Um, just so it doesn't confuse people, um, this this control, what we're saying is we leave it basically where it is. Now, when it comes to other controls, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, um, but I think it's important at this point that when we're talking about colour, um, when we talk about calibration and not setup, which is going to come at the end of step three, um, you can't set colour by eye. Um, and this is the color control is the only control where really you can set it by eye using a test pattern. As Mark said, if your TV has a, a, a mode where you can select an individual color, then that's the most accurate way of doing this with, with, with a color bar pattern um, by eye. Um, if you're resorting to using filtered glasses, blue filtered glasses, basically, which some discs come with, um, that you know that you're very much dependent upon the quality of the filter the blue of the filter it it gets a lot more touch and go in terms of actual accuracy so so re really um as you said already phil and mark said most of the time these these controls are pretty uh, the color accuracy is pretty good in in the correct mode in the movie cinema or thx mode so you should just leave it at its default setting you maybe can tweak it a couple of uh, notches either way using uh, uh, a color only mode using say the, the blue only mode if you've got an LG or a Samsung, for example. But on the whole, we would recommend generally not playing around with the color control. When you get onto uh, actual color calibration, you're using uh, multiple test patterns with complex software and uh, color meters. And it cannot be done by eye. Uh, and anyone who says they can is lying. Uh, you can't. Uh, and, and, and so that's a completely different level of, of calibration to just tweaking the color control using uh, a blue filter and you're right phil that that that, that level of calibration is, is is a completely different uh ball game to, to what we're talking about here with the with the color control i see this this issue mixed up quite a bit online which is why i mentioned uh that whole thing there and i guess we, we we've got to make the the point at this point is that what we're doing here is we're setting up the tv this is the whole point of step one two and three is to set up the tv when we talk about calibration, it's a different thing. I mean, setting the brightness and the contrast controls is not calibration. That's just a, a basic setup where, as you've mentioned earlier, you are fine-tuning the TV's picture to your viewing environment. Calibration involves a whole multitude of things that, that, that require complex software and, and very expensive pieces of equipment to measure things like grayscale gray and, and, and the actual color gamut precisely in three dimensions uh, and using controls that quite often are only accessible either uh, you know, in the advanced 
uh, if, if a TV has professional or ISF modes, there'll be controls in there. And those controls should not be messed around with uh, unless you're either had some training yourself in the correct equipment or it's being done by a professional. Because otherwise you can do a lot more damage than you'll do any good. Okay, so that was an, an important point to bring up there. And we'll come back to calibration at the end of this podcast because it's the last thing that we do in step three. Uh, but the other control, which is sometimes found under colour, um, Mark, is a bit of a throwback to uh, the old analogue days and especially uh, the American NTSC system. That's uh, right. And that was the tint control. Now, tint turns up on, on TV menus now and again, but we should just ignore it, shouldn't we? Yeah, tint, or, or sometimes it's called hue, isn't it, in the, uh, in the controls, and it's really geared to uh, standard definition uh, NTSC content, this, well, I would say NTSC, that's the, uh, as you described, the uh, standard used in the US and other places, but uh, primarily we'll know it from US content, uh, where there was often problems because of the nature of, of NTSC uh, with colour reproduction and delivering it into people's homes uh, through cable or, or whatever. Uh, and so often you'd, uh, or so it's reported, I've obviously never seen it for myself, you'll you'll people would have completely the wrong skin tones, greenish faces or completely lobster faces. And by altering the tint control from red towards green or green towards red, you could get skin tones at least looking correct. Uh, it was just because of the inconsistency of the NTSC format and its delivery. Uh, it's, it's a legacy control that really doesn't need to be touched. So did everything on America, then everybody looked like Dale Winton or... NTSC is, uh, yeah, exactly. Never twice the same colour. Yeah, never two similar (laughs) colours. So we do, I mean, hopefully we'll have people from the US listening to this um, podcast and and following the Picture Perfect campaign as well. If they are watching um, their TVs um, in SD, should they, they, what should they do with their hue or tint control? Should we mention, let's leave that for now for the purpose of the podcast, but we'll, shall we put something on the Pitch Perfect website f- to help those people? Uh, well, basically, uh, in today's uh, delivery systems and so on, um, it's not quite the same problem that it used to be back in the old analogue days, um, certainly with digital TV signals, which are now over the air, um, and cable TV signals and so on. There shouldn't be too much inconsistency anymore. Um, I think they've they've managed to iron out most of the problems. Um, yeah. But we will mention what the tint control does and, and how to adjust that um, if we have American listeners and they feel that the skin tones aren't right or there's something wrong with it, their delivery system or their sources. So we're almost done. We've gone through brightness, contrast, colour, and uh, we don't touch tint. So the last control that's usually on the front panel controls of a TV or in a TV menu in a list is the sharpness control. And Steve, there's there's nothing uh, I like more than walking into uh, a showroom where the sharpness is turned way up on the TV and it's looking mega sharp. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we kind of touched on this with the last podcast because we talked about um, edge enhancement um, features on TVs. Basically, it's the same principle. Uh, the sharpness control, if you think about it logically, if you're watching a high-definition uh, broadcast or Blu-ray or something like that, you know, how can the sharpness control make something sharper than it already is? How can it add detail that is, isn't, isn't already there? You know, you can't add additional pixels. It's, it's, it's 1080 by, or 1920 by 1080. That, that's it, 2 million pixels, roughly, uh, in your high-definition picture. Your sharpness control can't add another 2 million pixels to it. It's just, it's just physically impossible. You can only work with what's there in the original source. So, so 
but but sometimes you look at it and, think, and people will think, well, that, that does look a bit sharper. It isn't. It isn't looking sharp. It's an, it's an optical illusion. It's a trick. What it's doing is it's adding, uh, well, basically false edges to, to, to objects, hence the name edge enhancement from the previous podcast. It, it adds edges along lines to, to make things appear as if they are sharper. There's more detail there. But in actual fact, it's completely the opposite. By adding these edges, by, you know, it's, it's actually taking away detail from your high definition image. So sharpness controls are, are, are really bad news as far as picture details concerned, particularly when they're set too high. And most TVs will come shipped, even in the movie or cinema mode, the sharpness controls are usually set to a point where it's doing a bit of sharpening, adding a bit of edge enhancement in there, you know. And ideally you want to set that control to the point where it's not either sharpening the image or enhancing it in any way, but also not making it softer either. You know, you want to get all the detail, not lose it either by adding by adding sharpening or by by softening the image. So, so some TVs that's zero. Some TVs is a center point. It's not always obvious, which is why it's good to have some kind of sharpness, some kind of test pattern, usually involving a series of, of lines, squares, uh, diagonal lines on squares, that kind of thing. And these lines are normally down to a single pixel wide. And you can then use the sharp use use that test pattern and raise and lower the sharpness control until you see a nice defined single pixel line without either blurring slightly where you're, you know, it's getting too soft or where you see what we call ringing. And ringing is when you see the edges, the added added edges around this this single line. It'll, you'll sort of have, have, a, have an edge on either side of it. And then that's called ringing. And that's basically where the, the sharp control is, is adding this, this fake edge to give the impression of the image being sharper than it actually is. Of course, with the sharpness control too high as well, Mark, when you get things that are moving, whether it's film grain or whether it's just a camera panning over something that's um, already highly detailed with, with lots of lines, something like a, like the Golden Gate Bridge and the camera's panning across the Golden Gate Bridge, we're going to add artefacts in there if the sharpness is too high. That's right. As, as, the, uh, as the action moves you'll find the uh, the sharpness control can't keep up or the processing of the sharpness control can't keep up within the display and you'll see the edges break up a little bit which is not which is obviously not pretty and not what not what we want uh, i mean steve covered it pretty much all there it's just adding extra uh, highlights of pixels around uh, around edges and inevitably as things move the uh, the tv will get caught out Okay, so that's the last of the front panel controls, the main controls that you'll find in a picture menu covered. And like we say, we'll have videos for each of those steps where we go through and we show you exactly what these controls are doing and how you can set them correctly on your TV using test patterns. Now, to finish up on step three, we have to mention calibration, Steve, because that is the final 10%. This is where we can actually get most modern TVs, not all of them, but most modern TVs, almost up to the standard of what the director, editor, grader sees in their uh, production facilities because we can actually tune the TV in so it hits the standards absolutely bang on. That's right, Phil. Um, I think as we, as we said earlier in this podcast, you know, if you follow steps <coughs> step one, two and three of Picture Perfect, you'll get your TV to within 90% of, of the sort of industry standards that we mentioned when we were first talking about this back in step one. You know, the standards that are used by uh, for, for TV production, for Blu-ray, 
um, that the directors and, and content creators use on their monitors in the studios and, and when they're looking at the content, they, that, that's all set to specific industry standards. And by following these very simple steps, you'll get your TV very, very close to those standards. Um, so you'll be seeing pretty much what, what the director saw when he was signing off on his latest Blu-ray release. However, if you want to get the TV to that last 10%, if you want to get it to, you know, literally, I mean, with some TVs and, and with modern calibration controls, you know, literally perfect, literally exactly matching those industry standards so that the TV is exactly like a, a broadcast monitor would be in a, in a studio, then the only way to do that, to be honest, is to get in, in a professional calibrator. And then they'll be able to use the calibration controls on the TV, particularly controls which are called white balance, which is used to uh, uh, calibrate the grayscale of the TV. That's That literally, as the name suggests, is the scale going from black to white in, in state, st steps of gray. Um, and it's the most important element of the TV picture, actually. And also calibrating the color using the color management system. Now, that's very different from the color control that we were talking about earlier. This is a control where you can precisely control every aspect of the color, the, 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 the red, the, the green, the blue, and also the secondary colors are usually, with some, certainly with the good calibration controls, you can control secondary colors, the cyan, yellow, and magenta. And you can get that TV to exactly match Rec. 709, which is the standard that's used uh, for TV and Blu-ray production. So that, that, that's what calibration effectively is. It's getting that TV, that last 10% to absolute, you know, perfectly matching uh, industry standards. But, you know, to be honest, if you if you follow picture perfect step one, two, and three, you'll get your TV very, very close to, to those standards. Um, certainly with, with most modern TVs, you know, we, we certainly know from testing and reviewing that uh, a lot of a lot of out-of-the-box settings these days are, are pretty good, um, particularly things like the THX modes. If your TV's got a THX mode, then, then you will get pretty close to those standards. And, and um, but, but obviously, if you want to go that extra mile, if you want to absolutely get it perfect, then the best thing to do is to call in a professional. Um, you say, oh, well, you know, if, if you follow steps one or two or three of Picture Perfect, you get your TV sort of 90% of the way there. That's not a scientific percentage there, is it? No, that's just my finger in the air. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's like it, that. It depends on what. It depends how on close TV manufacturer to, to manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, you know, it varies. Some some settings are better than others. Like I say, THX. Uh, you know, even THX, which is which is, I'd say the the gem tends to be the most accurate out of the box preset. Um, even Mark back me up here. Even that setting can vary wildly from manufacturer to manufacturer, and even sometimes from uh, model to model. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they really can. I mean, actually, we could probably could put a, a scientific number on it. We could, with the software that we use, we can say that for the elements of the picture that Steve's mentioned, the uh, grayscale and, and color gamut, uh, we, we can say whether they're within ten percent of correct. And, and having done a basic setup, generally they are. So I think we I can say so we're, we're about ninety percent of the way there. It's, it's probably quite a fair assessment. Um, if you were to compare two TVs, identical TVs side by side, one of them where we've set it up using steps one, two, and three only, and one that's been calibrated so that it is picture perfect, would would the average person in the street be able to um, easily tell the difference between those two TVs side by side? Yeah, you'll see you'll see differences. Um, are they very but subtle? Are they very pronounced? They can be very subtle. They can be very pronounced. More often than not, if you've got the basics right, then that extra little bit of calibration on top it is it's a subtle, uh, a subtle improvement. And really, only you know for the for the real enthusiasts, to be honest. I think, I think for people that want to get calibration, it's just having that peace of mind of knowing your TV is as good as it possibly can be. 
uh, and a lot of the people that you know forum members particularly i think you know because they're enthusiasts because they're into things like tvs and projectors they want you know and if you spend a lot of money on something that you know has got really good calibration controls and you know it can be absolutely perfect and then you want you want that you want that kind of you want to sit down in the evening and don't want to be fiddling and tweaking you want to sit down and know that that tv is absolutely spot on industry standards and there's a certain uh, pleasure to be had from that, I think, for, for the enthusiast. But I think for the average, uh, you know, average consumer, um, you know, if your TV is 90% of the way to, to, to pitch perfection, that's pretty good. And it's a hell of a lot better than when they were starting at uh, before. Yeah, the they were starting at began. they were starting at 50. If they were in dynamic Probably. mode, they wouldn't even at 50. Oh yeah, they were starting at zero. <laughs> Probably, probably a lot worse than 50. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. is the whole point of the picture perfect thing is. Um, the main thrust of it is step one, and the main thrust of step one is to get people out of dynamic and vivid mode and to get them into cinema, movie, or THX mode, um, which that's the biggest difference that people yeah. will notice going through step one, two, and three. That is the huge difference. It's getting the picture back to where it should be. Colours are, are more accurate. They're not 100% accurate. They never will be um, with out-of-the-box presets and so on, but compared to dynamic, vivid, and, and some standard modes, um, it's a huge improvement and the biggest improvement they're going to see. The last thing I, I want to touch on with calibration is um, that getting a professional in, it's not just about the picture on the screen and calibrating the TV. Uh, a professional will go through your entire system. So they will go through the sources, whether it's a Blu-ray player, a DVD player, a Skybox, um, whatever you have in your system, everything will be calibrated uh, to that TV. So no matter what source you're looking at, you know it's absolutely bang on, as perfect as it can be for what we're talking about here, which is consumer-level TVs. When you start talking about monitors in studios, it's a different world because a 22-inch will cost you £50,000 um, because they're built for a specific role like that. But we can get our TVs to within a whisker of that performance with a professional calibration. And I don't think I'm overselling that, guys, am I? No, that sounds absolutely fair enough to me. Interesting thing is, I think, when people do follow these steps, you know, and go from being dynamic mode or, and end up at the, at the end of step three with their TV in, in the movie cinema or THX mode and the brightness and contrast set correctly and all the unnecessary features turned off, as they get used to looking at a much more accurate picture. Uh, you know, over time, that their eye will become attuned to it. Uh, and then they'll, when they go and visit someone's house or something like that, or a friend, relative or something like that, and they look at an uncalibrated, or a TV that's not set up correctly, it's in dynamic mode or something like that, they'll, they'll become much more acutely aware of how bad it looks. Uh, and, and, and it's just something that happens over time. You know, your eye becomes attuned to a looking at an accurate image. And the same goes for someone who, who, who watches a lot of calibrated displays. If you, if you have your TV calibrated, you will become more attuned to, to an accurate picture and therefore will get more benefit out of something like that. But definitely people that, people that follow these steps uh, and after a period of time of watching their, their setup, the TV that's been set up correctly, they, they will really appreciate an accurate image. I'd, I'd love to hear some stories um, from from people who um, have, have um, followed Picture Perfect and become um, more interested in what their TV looks like and, has, as you say, Steve, have become attuned to a correctly set up TV and then have gone into someone else's house 
and um, been unable to resist picking up the remote <laughs> and setting it up for them. I'd love to hear some stories like that. I could tell you some stories from when I used to uh, work in my previous job, which meant going into different people's houses on a daily basis. And there was some... (laughs) (laughs) And I've got to say there were some terrible TVs and the temptation to pick up that remote control was sometimes overwhelming. So you would burgle their houses, but their TVs would be set up perfectly. Yeah, so, I mean, that that rounds up... Shouldn't we probably just... um, just Wait. say that Phil <laughs> was actually a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to give people the wrong idea, do we? Um, so that rounds up step three and uh, rounds up what we're doing on uh, tonight's podcast. Uh, hopefully uh, you found it useful. Don't forget that there is the Picture Perfect website, myperfectpicture.tv. Uh, you can also go and ask questions on the forum, which is avforums.com forward slash pictureperfect. Uh, ask anything you like in there and uh, we will get round to answering your question as quickly as we can uh, and point you in the right direction. Um, today we added, uh, today and yesterday we added uh, more TV manufacturers and suggested settings which are in that forum. If you've got a Toshiba, a Samsung, a Panasonic, etc., uh, we have the menu screens in there. Go and have a look at that if you're still not quite sure uh, how things are going. Step three like we say, is going to be released at the end of the first week in September. Uh, we are hoping to get some of the videos out nice and early um, so you can get yourselves all set up, get your test patterns ready to go through each of the videos as they're released. And before we sign off tonight, um, Steve, we are now getting into uh, the projector launch season. It always starts to kick off uh, round about IFA, which is the end of this month. Um, and we certainly have two lined up uh, that we're going to talk about in the next podcast, and that's a Panasonic's new consumer projector, which we're going to go and see on the 23rd of this month. And then the new JVCs, which I know always create a lot of interest, uh, and we're going to go and see them on the 12th of September, and we will have videos for both of them. And, of course, we'll be talking about them in the next podcast, which will be on the 21st of next month. Don't forget, we publish podcasts throughout the month on the 7th is the movies podcast on the 14th is the games podcast 21st home cinema podcast and coming back next month on the 28th is the uh, podcast extra so all i need to do now is thank the guys so thanks to Stuart, mark and steve thank you i didn't want to be the first one <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much phil and this is phil Henderson saying thanks for listening we'll catch you again next month the av podcast was presented by phil hinton original music by andrew bassett and richard cosgrove The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.